0: Acts chapter 16. Saved. I was pastoring Maiden about uh, nine and a half years before coming to Marion. And uh, we go on visitation, asked folks that they were saved. Some didn't know what saved was. What do you mean, saved? Well, we're going to talk about it today. What does it mean to be saved? Uh, in the scripture text, a very familiar scripture, we're going to begin reading by verse number 30. And uh, we find Paul and Silas there are followed by this demon possessed young lady. And she reveals who these men are in verse 17 they were the servants of the Most High God, who showed unto us the way of salvation. And uh, Paul commands this demon to leave this young girl. And of course, when her masters realize that their pocketbook's been affected and uh, they'll not be able to get gain by using her for their purpose, then they arrest, they bring Paul and Silas before the magistrates and they beat them and they put them in the jail there at Philippi. And at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises unto God. And the Bible said there was a great earthquake, the prison doors are open, everyone's bands are loosed. And the jailer, of course, uh, having uh, charge of these with his very life, he uh, takes out a sword and is uh, going to kill himself. And Paul cries out to him, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And uh, so he comes in, trembling and falls down before Paul and Silas in verse 30, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he, they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Let us pray. Our father, as we bow before you, I do want to thank you for the word of God and For another privilege that we have this side of eternity to preach your word. And Lord, I realize without the power of God that I can do nothing. Lord, I just pray that you would give me understanding, give me uh, the wisdom of God and, and the power of God that I could just be a vessel that you could use. Lord, I just desire to be filled, to be used of you. And I pray you'd speak to every heart. If there's one here that's not saved, May they understand how to be saved and they would make that most important decision. Heavenly Father, help these who have been saved to serve you now, to follow you in baptism, and to serve God and live for Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd work in every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what does it mean to be saved? Webster's defined saved as to redeem or to deliver from sin. Well, he had a good definition, didn't he? And uh, the concordance uh, means saved. To be saved is to make or keep sound. And I like that definition as well. Now, saved is a good Bible name. I hope you're saved today. And if you're not saved, you can be saved. It's a good uh, good word. Now, Acts 4.12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now the Bible requires salvation. You can't go to heaven without being saved. And you can't get saved except through Jesus. No other way. The Bible said there's no other name whereby we must be saved. The jailer here asks Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he tells him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy shalt be saved, and thy house. Now the word believe means to trust, to depend on, to rely upon. And what are you trusting? You tell me what you're trusting to get you to heaven, I can tell you where you're saved or not. If you're trusting in your church membership, you won't go to heaven. Or if you're trusting in your baptism, I was visiting a couple years ago, and I talked to them about salvation, asked them if they were saved. And the lady of the house went and brought me out a signed baptismal certificate. And I want to tell you something today, that baptism will not save you. And uh, that's not what you do to get saved. The only way to get saved is to believe, to rely, to trust Jesus Christ. That's who I'm dependent on today. If I never see another day of life, I am dependent on Jesus Christ as my salvation. And the Bible teaches that's what saves you, and that's the only thing that saves you. And uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart... Man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is a matter of the heart and a matter of the mouth. If we believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead and we confess him with our mouth. The Lord said, Thy shalt be saved. That carries the same weight as when God said, Thy shalt not kill. Uh, it's a commandment of God. and God said that thou shall be saved. Absolutely, without question, God says you will be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 4, he, will, he says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, the Lord wants everybody saved. Everybody's not saved. Everybody's not going to be saved. In fact, the majority are not going to be saved. But that doesn't change the love of God. There's a choir singing about God's love. God loves a sinner anyway. And they can be saved. And he died for the sins of the world. And he wants everybody to be saved. Uh, I was talking to a man one time and he he believed that only a certain certain people, only the elect could be saved. And... uh, I gave him those scriptures in Timothy there, who will allow all men to be saved. He said that's all the elect. The Bible does not say all the elect. He said all men. And uh, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I'm glad that everybody can be saved. And that included me. I could be saved. Preacher friend of mine who's dead and in heaven uh, years ago, he. I remember a statement he made. He said, I'm glad that when God saved me that he didn't make a charge for it. He said, if he had, I could only have borrowed a dollar's worth. (laughs) He said, all I had to my name was one dollar bill. And if I would had to buy it, I could have just gotten a dollar's worth. But I'm glad salvation is free. Salvation is by grace. Salvation is a gift of God. I'm glad I'm saved today, aren't you? Glad I'm saved. Now, there's some things that we're saved from, and then we'll look at some things we're not saved from. First of all, we're saved from sin. In Matthew 1:21, the angel told Joseph there about Mary. She shall bring forth a son. Thy shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now Jesus in the New Testament is the same name as Joshua in the Old Testament. And both names mean Savior. And that's the reason God gave him this name. Jesus was not an unusual name. It would be unusual in our land. But it was not unusual. But it, because it means Savior. And Jesus came for the specific purpose of saving man from his sins. That's why he came. And a sinner, someone defined sinner as someone that can't stop sinning. And that's a good definition. You know, we sin because we're sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. And a sinner can't do nothing but sin. Sometimes we wonder why people become alcoholics and why people become homosexuals and why people uh, fall into these awful sins. All, All sinners can do is sin because they're a sinner. And I'm glad Jesus came to set man free from his sins. That's why he came, to save us from our sins and from the bondage that it brings. 1 Timothy 1:15. the Bible said, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know, I've met a few people that thought they were too bad a sinner to get saved, and I usually give them this verse. I say the worst sinner that ever lived has already been saved. And if God can save the worst, he can save you. And I've never seen anybody that God can't save. He can save anybody. He saved me, and uh, he can save you. uh, Paul said, I'm the chief. I'm the chief of sinners. And he came to save sinners. You know, if you're a sinner, you can get saved. That's the only kind of people that can get saved. Is sinners, I've told you about the illustration Dr. James Crumpton used. And he was preaching to some young people and people, young people was getting saved. And this little boy came up and he said, I want to be saved. He said, uh, you know, you're a sinner. He said, no, I'm a good boy. He said, well, you can't get saved then. And he came the next night and he said, I want to get saved. He said, do you know you're a sinner? He said, no, I'm a good boy. He said, well, you can't get saved then. Jesus saved sinners. He said, the next night he came up and he began to weep. He said, I want to get saved. He said, do you know you're a sinner? He said, yes, I do. He said, I knew it all the time. I just didn't want to admit it. But you know he got saved. Jesus saves sinners. And the only condition a person has to meet is to take their place as a sinner, admit that they're a sinner, and they can get saved. I don't care what they've done. They can get saved. Jesus saved. Came to save sinners. Now he saves us from the penalty of sin, from the power, is saving us from the power of sin, and will save us forever from the presence of sin one day. Then he saved us not only from sin, but he saved us from Satan. I remember a preacher years ago, uh, he used to say, I promised the devil two things when God saved me. And that is, I I wasn't going to starve to death because God promised to take care of me and the devil wasn't going to get me. (laughs) But uh, we're saved from his power in 1 John chapter 2. Maybe you'd like to turn there, 1 John chapter 2. If you have a Scofield Bible, it's page 1322. 1 John chapter 2 and uh, verse 13 and 14 And he said, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the father. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you're strong and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. And I'm glad that with salvation comes the ability to overcome the power of the devil. The devil can no longer run your life if you're saved. I believe that. And we're saved from Satan's power. 1 John 4 verse 4 in the same book says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now why do we have power over the devil? Not because we're something, but because we have God living inside of us. That's why a child of God can never be possessed by demons because the Holy Spirit's living in there and he won't allow that to happen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The devil is powerful, more powerful than us in our own strength, but not more powerful than God. And we find there when uh, when the uh, angel uh, Michael there was contending with the devil Jude talks about over the body of Moses, why would the devil want the body of Moses? Well, because the Lord sending him back in Revelation chapter twelve or eleven. 11 uh, chapter 11 and uh, he has the job to finish but the bible said when he was contending with the devil in the body of Moses he durst not bring against him a rare accusation but said the lord rebuke thee and he realized that that the lord was more powerful than satan and uh, he kicked the devil out of heaven when he rebelled against him and if god has that power then through the Lord we can have the same power because he lives in us. And that comes with being saved. Now Hebrews chapter 2 and uh, verse 14 and 15 says, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now when Jesus came, he, he, he conquered the power that the devil held over me, and the power of death. And he conquered that power. And Revelation 12, said, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, By the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So with salvation, all the fear of death is taken away. Now, you may be afraid of dying, but I want to say to you, if you're saved today, you don't ever have to be afraid of death because there's nothing about death to bother you. Now the process of dying, the process of sickness and all that goes with it and pain, we don't like that. But death for a child of God is a glorious experience and the devil can't touch you. If you're not saved, it's a horrible experience. But if you're saved, the devil can't put his hand on you because the Lord has the keys of death and hell and he has the control of it. He's going to give you a special angelic escort into the third heaven, and the devil won't be able to touch you. Now that comes with saved. Don't you like, don't you like that word? (laughs) I'm glad I'm saved. Saved from sin. Saved from Satan's power. And then saved from the second death. Revelation 2.11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, he that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. I'm saved from hell. I'm saved from the lake of fire. I'll never go to hell. That's why, that's why I'm excited about being saved. You know, the Lord woke me up the other morning before I had time to get up. And uh, he burned this message in my soul. And, uh, uh, you know, usually if I don't get up and write something down, sometimes I forget it. <laughs> and the Lord didn't, didn't want me to forget this one. And he kept reminding me of it during the week. But uh, we're saved from the sick of death, which is a lake of fire, which is hell. Someone said, I don't think I ought to preach on hell. I don't think I ought to scare the children. I had a lady tell me that one time on his visitation. She said, I don't want to go to a church where a preacher, uh, you know, hollers and and talks about hell and scares the kids. I knew right away she didn't want to come here. But uh, I want to tell you, when God saved me, I was afraid I was going to go to hell. And when God saved me, he took that fear away. We're saved from the second death. Now notice he said, he that overcometh Shall not be heard of the second death. Who are those that overcome? He, Revelation 12 11, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And in 1 John 5 4 For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. How do we overcome? We overcome through Christ. That's how we overcome. And that's what salvation is. Now, There's some things we're not saved from. When God saved me, he saved my soul. His Holy Spirit of God lives in my spirit. I have a new man inside. I have the divine nature and so do you if you're a child of God, but I also have the Adam nature. And I've got the same flesh that I was born with. When God saved me, he did not change my body. He did not give me a glorified body. I still have the same old corrupt body that I was born with and therefore there's a conflict goes on. Now there's some things, because of that, there's some things we're not saved from. First of all, we're not saved from sickness. Now I realize there's some strange voices being heard all across this country, especially on TV, that if you're saved, God doesn't ever want you to be sick. And uh, the health and wealth prosperity message—that uh, uh, that if you're saved, you can be—you don't you don't ever get sick and, and you get rich. Send me a hundred dollars and God will give you a thousand. I've often wondered if they really believe what they preach. If they really believe that, why don't they send me a hundred and let God give them a thousand? You ever thought about that? Sickness. We are not saved from physical sickness because, because we live in a body that has not been redeemed yet. Now, if we had a glorified bodies, we will be saved from sickness. Now, I want to I point out some things. I want you to look at uh, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 4. Isaiah 53... And verse number 4, the Bible said, it's page 760, Isaiah 53:4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did extreme him smit, uh, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now what does this verse mean? With his stripes we are healed. Now there's a big question. Is physical healing in the atonement? In other words, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, did he only provide for the salvation of the soul Or did he also provide for physical healing? Now let me give you a couple of other references before I answer that. And we turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, verse 14, page 10.05. Matthew 8, 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Zion the prophet, said, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about Him, He gave commandment to depart on the other side. Now, from this scripture, which has reference back to Isaiah 53, He's talking about physical healing. Now, we turn also to one other scripture in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.24 page 13.13 13 says who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now he's talking about something that's already happened. You were healed. And in Peter it is clear that he's talking about the healing of sin. And that's why Jesus went to the cross, was to pay our sin debt and to save us from sin. Isn't that right? He shall save his people from their sins. But there's also, there's also physical healing in the atonement. Now let me clarify. There's physical healing in the atonement as far as as the the, the completed work of redemption. That is that we're going to get a new body one day. We're going to get a glorified body. We're going to get a body that'll never be sick again. We're going to get a body that'll never die. We're going to get physical healing forever one day. Now, God heals in one of three ways. Sometimes God heals miraculously immediately. And don't think for a minute that I do not believe in divine healing. I do believe in that. I believe God responds to prayer and God sometimes, not always, but God sometimes heals immediately. Then sometimes God heals in time. Or God may use doctors or medicines to bring about His healing. And then sometimes God heals forever. When the Lord takes you out of this world, you saw your last sick day if you're saved. You ain't ever going to be sick anymore. And he heals you forever. And that is in the atonement. By his stripes we are healed. In the case when Jesus was here upon earth, uh, we find that he performed the miracle of healing. Now, uh, and fulfill and fulfill that scripture because they would not have been healed except through him. Now we have in the Bible illustrations Paul had had great power, had a special gift. The apostle Paul or God through the apostle Paul raised the dead, healed sicknesses and yet Paul could not heal his own infirmity. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 12 says in verse 9 and 10, he talks about his thorn in the flesh and he said, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. He said, Therefore I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, I'm not going to heal you, Paul. God could certainly. But he said, I'm not going to heal you uh, because I want to reveal my power through your sickness. And he said, I'll give you the grace to bear it. And sometimes God may see fit. You know, there's there's people that have been more effective for God through an infirmity than they ever could have been without it. I think of Fanny Crosby, many of the songs we sing, if you look, she wrote them. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And she was blind. A doctor put the wrong drops in her eye, and she went blind. You say, what a tragedy! Could God have opened her eyes? Yes, he has that power. Could he cause her to see? Yes, he could. But she would probably never have been as effective for God if she could have seen. So the important thing is, what is the will of God regarding this? We find Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, 23. Paul said, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. He said, Timothy, drink some wine. Now, let me say this. You could drink all the wine that you wanted to drink of this and it wouldn't make you drunk because there wasn't a drop of alcohol in it. There's nowhere in the Word of God that the Bible teaches that alcoholic wine is all right. It's not all right, it's sinful. This was a grape juice that was boiled down to a thick consistency. It was used in a uh, medicinal purpose. and, And here he is prescribing it. Why didn't he just heal him? If God doesn't want everybody... If God wants everybody healthy, he, God had the power, didn't he? But sometimes sickness must come. And then in 2 Timothy 4.20, he said, Trophimus have I left at my leadum sick. In Colossians 4.14, he talks about Luke, the beloved physician who accompanied Paul on his travels. Some people think that, there's, that, uh, that uh, doctors are wrong. I heard a uh, 100-year-old lady, and uh, they interviewed her, and uh, they said, What do you attribute your long life to? She said, Stay away from the doctors. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes uh, they help us, don't they? And sometimes I think they hurt us. But anyway, sickness, when you're saved, you are not saved from physical sickness. So being saved today does not guarantee that you'll never be sick. That's the point I'm trying to make, that you'll never get sick. In fact, in all likelihood, you will get sick. And, uh, you know, it may be, you may uh, just fall over the heart attack and die right, uh, die right then. But everybody, everybody that has lived to this point, up to a, t- a couple hundred years ago they're all gone all of them saved unsaved they're all gone being saved does not guarantee you'll never be sick second of all we're not saved from suffering second timothy 3:12. yea and all that will live godly in christ jesus shall suffer persecution now you're going to have trouble job said man that is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble my codge who's ministry I was saved under. He uh, he said a preacher told him one time he said he said I don't believe that he said I ain't never had any trouble but he said that preacher that preacher lived to know what trouble was he lived to believe that verse was true you may not have trouble but if you live long enough you're gonna have it And you're not saved from trouble. You're not saved from suffering persecution. You're not saved from the heartaches of life. So when someone has trouble, don't be like Job's friends and jump on their back and say, there must be something wrong with you. You must not be right with God. You won't be having all this trouble. Someone said we're friends like Job had who needed enemies. We are not saved from suffering, persecution. We are not saved from trouble. I'm saved, yes. Thank God I'm saved. But that does not guarantee me I'll not suffer. But I do have the promise of God in 1 Corinthians 10 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation. Also, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. What a promise! God said the temptations that come are common to man. Sometimes we think, "Man, uh, I must be the only one's having all this trouble." No, everybody has trouble. Everybody has temptations, but God said, "I won't let you be tempted above what you're able." But I'll make a way to escape. And i have found god always do that god's always made a way of escape but you're not saved from suffering you're not saved from sickness you're not saved from trouble not yet thank god we're going to be saved from all this but we're not saved from it yet you realize that we're not completely saved in the sense our soul is completely saved but we are not completely saved in the sense of these bodies are not saved, are they? This earth is not redeemed yet, but it's going to be. We have that promise. And then finally, we're not saved from sorrow or physical death. Everybody's going to die unless the rapture takes place first. You're going to die. I'm going to die. I, ver- I expect very much to be alive when Jesus comes, but I, I don't know that for sure. Nobody does. I heard uh, uh, Preacher Aker lived to be about 115 or so there, and I heard him preach twice. He, uh, he preached, uh, I guess he was about 111 or 12, and I heard him the first time, and he preached an hour and a half. Huh. And he said, I'll be alive at the rapture. He said he died when he was 60-some. I have it on tape. He said when I was 60-some, they pronounced me dead and took me down to the morgue and put me in the coal storage, and they started to slide me in there, and one fellow saw a little movement in my eye or something there, and they brought me back out. He said I went to heaven, and God let me look it over, and they sent me back. He said I'll be here when Jesus comes but he in, he died I had a grandmother that lived to be in her 90's she said I'll live to the rapture but she didn't she died you know why they died they had they believed full well they would lived to the rapture but they didn't make it because you're not saved from that you may miss death but you're not guaranteed it because you're not saved from physical death that's what I'm saying I'm not saved from physically. Every generation has longed for the coming of the Lord. And I believe that it's coming soon. And I hope I'm alive. But I don't have that guarantee. Well, I'm saved, so I won't ever have to die physically. That's not true. Anyone that promises you that is lying to you. Anyone that says you're saved, you don't ever have to be sick again, they're lying to you. Anyone says you won't have suffering, you won't have any trouble if you get saved, they're lying to you. As long as the devil's running around loose, you're going to have trouble. He's going to see to it you have trouble. Huh. B.R. Lakin used to say, "How can we have peace with a loose devil coming out of Christ and the Battle of Armageddon yet to be fought?" And they talk about peace, but we're not saved from sorrow. My mother died at 60 years of age with cancer. That was one of the hardest experiences I ever had to go through. A good woman, a godly Christian, but she wasn't saved from physical death. She wasn't saved from sickness. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm saved. Thank God I know I'm saved. That does not guarantee me that I'll never get cancer. I've already had cancer, skin cancer in my nose. It doesn't guarantee that I'll, that I'll not die physically. I do not. I'm not saved. I'm saved forever. I'm saved, thank God, but I'm not saved from that. Yet. <laughs> Let me add the yet. I'm not saved from it yet, but I'm going to be. I'm going to be saved. When I get my new body, I ain't never going to be sick another day. anyone's ever been sick <laughs> thank God that's worth going to heaven for getting a new body and the older I get the more I love it <laughs> the more I appreciate that truth I'm going to get a new body a glorified body won't ever get sick again but won't suffer anymore thank God the devil will never be tempt me again and I'm going to get me a body I'll never die never grow old in a land where we'll never grow old. I like that, don't you? You saved today? Saved from sin, saved from Satan, saved from the second death, saved from hell. We may not be saved from sickness and trouble and all these things we have to put up with here, but thank God forever, we're saved from sin. We have heaven look forward to and one day we're going to be saved from the rest of it. <laughs> saved from the rest of it, real soon. Let's bow our heads. First.